This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Every human being has this innate desire for like, love and belonging right but like we settle a lot for fitting in Mm. which is actually not belonging it's just like the appearance of belonging Mm. um it's like i think that's like extra amplified for people like us who yeah never belong i think that's something i think it's something that i've like maybe just struggled with my whole life is like just trying to fit in but it's like when you're just fitting in you're not being like or, like, the, the way she uses the term is, like, you're not being, like, totally vulnerable about, like, who you are or whatever. Right. It's not honest. It's not honest. You're yeah. just kind of trying to, like, you're almost, like, kind of shutting down parts of yourself so you can just, like, blend in. Humans. Humans. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. I hope this year is already being kinder to you than 2018 was. Uh, I hope that you and all of your family and all of your friends are doing well. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm so excited to get the show back up and running for the new year. And uh, thank you to everybody who subscribed since the beginning. And thank you to all the people who jumped on board recently. I sent a big, weird mass email to like everybody I've ever known about a week ago. And a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of people have subscribed since then. So uh, hi, everybody who's new. I'm excited to have you on board. Let's get into it. Our first guest of 2019 is a great one, everybody. I'm so excited to have this human here. Uh, Today we have uh, the wonderful Faria Khan. Uh, Faria is an immensely talented stand-up that I've had the pleasure of seeing all over New York. She's super, super prolific. She's written for MTV's Decoded, for Reductress. She hosts uh, the show Outcasts at Union Hall every month and the SUP show at Caveat. Uh, she had her own web series called Ronnie Loves Comedy that I have watched multiple times, and it's so, so funny. Uh, I'm so excited to have Faria here. Uh, we had a really, really great conversation, and I think you'll really enjoy it. For having oh me. my god of course um <laughs> thrilled to be this here. is the first one of the new year so Honored. we're gonna kill it 2019 <laughs> baby <laughs> uh so let's uh we'll start off easy uh where are you from originally okay okay cool mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. my family is from karachi pakistan okay which is a country in south asia that um broke off from india in 1947 Okay. To be specific. And then from Very there, well researched. Uh, well, then, I, then my family moved around a bunch, and then I basically grew up in South Carolina and Virginia after that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So in the South. Yeah. What was that like? Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. I feel like I've been spending my adult life, like, unpacking it. Yeah. Because, like, where'd you grow up? Like the suburbs of New York. Okay. So like around here. Cool. 
Yeah, so like it was pretty diverse, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, or like it depends on I where you are. I grew up in a are. pretty white neighborhood. I mean, everybody okay, was yeah. Jewish in my neighborhood, right. but like eh, that's a really blurry line. Yes. Okay. I totally get that. Okay. Yeah. So like South Carolina was not that diverse. Mm-hmm. And then Virginia was Northern Virginia, like the suburbs outside DC. Okay. So that was more diverse. Gotcha. But then even then it was like. You know, my dad, my parents had like, they were like leveling up. Like my dad got a better job. So then we grew up in like a white neighborhood still mm-hmm. in Virginia. So that was, okay. So like, what was that like is like such a big question okay, sure. <laughs> for me. Sure, sure, sure. So that this is all, were you, so what years were you in Virginia and what years were you in? So I was in South Carolina from yeah. when I was like four mm-hmm. till I was 12. Okay. And then in the middle of sixth grade, we moved to Virginia. Because of a job. Because my dad got a new job. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And um, and then we lived in Virginia. Like, my family still lives in Virginia. Mm-hmm. I went to high school there. I went to middle school, high school there. Then I went to college there. Oh, okay. And then I lived at home and worked in, like, D.C. and Virginia there. Holy shit. And before I moved to New York. Yeah. So, for, you're, for the most part, you're, like, from Virginia. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, what, do you remember anything about the transition from South Carolina to Virginia? Like, oh, how yeah. that was different? It was, well, first off, moving in the middle of sixth grade yeah. sucked. Yeah, must have been. So, I mean, that was just hard, right? Yeah. And then, um, so I think it definitely took me a while to, like, get used to the new school and shit and, like, make new friends. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely one of those kids who was um, pretty depressive and had a live journal. (laughs) You know? That's, like, how I coped. I never had a live journal. (laughs) Okay. Well, I was definitely a live journal I was definitely depressive, but I did not have a live journal. Okay, yeah. So I was, like, pretty sad. I had a live journal. And the background of my live journal was, like, um, cartoon cra- uh, clouds uh, crying. So that's where I was at. Oh my god! And like, no. Where do, but, where do you think that comes from? Let's uh, turn this into a therapy session. I would love to know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I I was just like, I think it was like I found it hard to like fit in. But like, I think it took me a long time to find like my people, even mm-hmm. there. Like, yeah. it took me until like. I don't think I really made, like, good friends that, like, stuck, that, like, I stayed friends with until, like, sophomore year of high school. Yeah, I think that's pretty normal. Oh, is that it normal? Was, I think it was more or less the same for me, maybe even later. Oh, okay. Because it's, like, you have the people you hang out with and that Yeah, you just, like, kind of, like, like, are friends with the people around you, but then you, like, yeah. are older and you look back at that and you're, like, those were, like, toxic friendships. I hate those people. Yeah, yeah. like, those people were, like, mean. We didn't, like, so like each other. But we did, like, get into some shit. Like, yeah. that's, like... Uh, like what? Yeah. Um, like, I had one friend, and, like, her parents were, like, divorced, so we could, like, do whatever. Like, we... Like, she was the friend where, um... Uh, I mean, it's sad now, the reality of it. But, at the t- like, her mom was, like, an alcoholic, but then, like... Okay, I don't know why I'm saying all this. But anyways, the whole point was, like, that was the friend where it's, like, you could go over to her house, and then you could, like, sneak out to hang out with, like, the bad boys or whatever. And, like, I wasn't that cool, but I was just, like, I like to pretend I was. So I was, like, the accomplice. Yeah. I think I sort of put myself in the same position. I used to go to, there's no way he'll ever listen to this. I used to go to Robbie Ketzler's house. Okay. And, like, he was the one who had, like, I I didn't really have connections to, like, cool or badass kids, but he did, so I'd go hang out at his place so I could feel like one of those kids. Yeah. And that that did feel cool. Oh, for sure. Like, I would just observe, and I was like, wow. (laughs) 
this is awesome. What were you observing? What were they? Were they just, just like, like smoking the cool, weed and stuff? Yeah, and yeah. I was like the other like bad girls and stuff, <laughs> like the badass kids, uh-huh. and they would be like, I was like, wow, they're just like know what they're doing. They have like confidence in this. And what's the so what's the demo like? What kind of are you hanging out with mostly white people at this point? Like, I don't know what yeah, the suburbs like, of DC are like. So I feel like the way my life was mostly is like. I always, in South Carolina and Virginia, my family had, like, pretty tight-knit group of, um, like, Pakistani, American, and Muslim friends. So you had, like, small communities. So I had, like, small community, and that was, like, very tight-knit, and, like, our parents would hang out all the time, so it would be, like, on weekends, there would be a lot of, like, dinner at people's houses. Oh, that's really nice. And it was really fun, and you'd hang out with the other kids. It was really nice, but something that I think was complicated about it, in a way, for me, not that, like, it, it was, like would be on like weekends, you know? So then like during the week, I'm in this like other world at school. Right. Like in South Carolina, especially, I was like one of two brown kids. Oof. Like I think in like my class or maybe like even my school, I don't really know. Uh-huh. But like, um, so you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like on the weekends, I'm part of this like identity ethnic based group. Yeah. But then during the week, I'm just like, and I was kind of like friends with whoever. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, like white kids and black kids and stuff. And so then, it's like it's the classic code switching thing. Like you learn to code yeah, switch really early. Yeah, I think so. But I didn't realize that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But I think that kind of compartmentalization is kind of weird. Yeah. Like it's not like I wish things were more mixed. Like even now, I feel like I have as an adult, I have friends from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. But um. I don't know. Like, it's not like I have, maybe in New York even right now, I don't know if I have, like, a, like all of my friends feel like they're all from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they come together as a group, but still it's, like, separate. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I, I, I'm just that kind of a person. Well, I think there's something, I have, part of the thing that I've, like, learned from doing this show is regardless of, like, whether you're, whether you're like mixed white and black or mixed Latino, white, whatever it is, or if you're just like a first generation kid. Yeah. I think we all have kind of the same feeling of like, I don't really feel like I'm from anywhere so that we sort of gravitate towards each other. Is that a thing with us? Because I always get really like kind of jealous of like those people that just seem to have like a huge group of friends and they like do do everything together. I'm like, that is gorgeous like yeah. that how'd that happen i don't i i've never <laughs> understood how people do that shit it's so cool especially people in comedy that do that and it's like damn you oh, guys yeah. are the coolest oh you have friends That's... yeah like you have a group of friends <laughs> and you all no. do comedy together <laughs> what the fuck kind of dream is this damn get out of here so uh, when when does comedy come in are you like performing at all when you're in high school and stuff i was always like very like um like, I was kind of a ham. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the attention. When I was little, me and my best friend, in that tight group, um, you know, of, like, Pakistan-American mm-hmm. families and stuff, me and my best friend, Samya, we, in South Carolina, we would just, like, we were, like, so stupid, and we would, like, egg each other on to do, like, stuff, and we were both, like, mm-hmm. creative kids who didn't have an outlet yet because, yeah. like, no one really understood why we were, like, that. everyone just thought we were weird. Yeah. They didn't get, like, we were just, like, creative. Uh-huh. And so we would do this thing where we would, like, 
put on shows that no one asked for. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and we like, would, like where? Like in living rooms and stuff? Yeah, like at these like parties, like oh, family yeah. parties, you know, where everyone's at the house and there's like the parents are hanging out, the kids are hanging out. We'd go around to like the older girls. Like it, within the within the thing, there's like different structures. There's like the older girls, the older boys, okay. and then it was us and the younger boys. All so right. we would always hang out with the younger boys. So then like we would go over to the older girls who were always like too cool for us and mm. we'd be like, Okay, watch this show we have. And the show was like like it was really stupid shit. Like one time it was called Napke and Napkin Boy. And that Na- wait, say that again. Napke and Napkin Boy. <laughs> okay. So this is based on kind of a real life situation where there was one napkin left at the party. <laughs> and then we made up this full story. I would launch into the story and then my friend would do the background music and together we'd just kind of like perform it. So you did like a radio play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a radio play. And then That's one, amazing. It was like really cool. And then one time I typed it up and I tried to submit it to the newspaper for some like kids story corner. I love and that. And they did not I wish I had the balls it. to ever submit anything I it did was like the. Age. It was like the... I think twice in my life I had the balls to do it, and that time I got rejected. And I think I did never did it again because yeah. it hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From a young age, I was like, "Wow, you don't think this is good? This and is like my life." Now sword. look at us getting rejected. From yeah, shit every day. <laughs> living in New York, that's the so city. Me and my friends rejected. used to like remake, try to remake movie scenes. Oh, shot that's for so shot cool. On like my shitty little DV. That's really camera. cool. And, yeah. Like none of us knew how to edit or anything, so you would just like rewind on the tape <laughs> and then record over it. So. Oh, Every oh, that's shot would amazing. Be like three shitty takes on top of each other. <laughs> that's actually great. Yeah. I, I love it was that. fun. But I, I never uh I, I guess it goes back to a feeling of not having any friends. But yeah. <laughs> but I never like I never like did shows at parties or anything. I mean like that. I only did that in this like tight knit community. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Like I only felt comfortable doing it there. Yeah. And everyone there thought it was like stupid. Like no one was like encouraging it besides yeah. my best friend. In fact we got in trouble a lot for like being like, you guys are like causing too much trouble or whatever. But mm. it was like I just needed that. But at school and stuff, I think I was like way more subdued yeah. because I was like not as like comfortable but i had like friends and shit but or whatever but like i just didn't have that same level of comfort right i just didn't i don't think that my friend like it'd be like buds or whatever yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense and sometimes if i would get tight with people i think i would get my hyper i had this like hyper side that would come out Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's now that i'm older that comedy comes from the same place interesting like it's like a playful like i just want to like joke around do bits yeah it's like kind of like, yeah. a, like a mischief kind of yes thing. yeah and just like get weird and do voices yeah but you have to have a certain amount of trust in someone to be able to like want to get that's weird like, around them. exactly that's like me at my most comfortable yeah. i think that's beautiful that you had that play even if like people it were like, is this beautiful. is stupid like yeah, you had yeah, a place yeah. where you felt comfortable enough to like work it is, that stuff out yeah that's sweet it is actually beautiful but like i just like it's not it's really I give credit to my best friend growing up because yeah. we were like supporting each other in that and That's everyone awesome. else thought we were like we just had we were so creative. We had so many things. We like had a comic book series. Whoa. We like just that we just made together. Like it was like yeah. you know, and we had like these games we would play. We'd have like songs that we sang. We had yes. all these recurring bits. And then it was just like too bad because like no one at the yeah. time was like everyone's like all right so these girls are just kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like fuck those people right. like, those are the people who are working finance jobs now like yeah. who cares yeah, yeah all yeah. the people i still keep in touch with from 
like middle school to high school years are people that I made weird movies with yes or like wrote parody songs with or like whatever but like I think that maybe like one day when I have kids is like right. if I see that <laughs> I think I'm gonna try to be encouraging because I think what happened was is no one was really encouraging and I think sort of the messages we were getting mm-hmm. and I don't I'm not trying to blame my family because mm-hmm. I'm like past that and past like putting blame on my family because like yeah. they're immigrants whatever they have their own culture they're trying their best yeah. and I don't think they understood that like art was ever like an option yeah. as a career path you know so what was I mean? that a thing as you got older 100% the whole time I remember saying as a kid like I want to be an artist and my dad was like oh so you want to be poor <laughs> yeah. and like sounds like an immigrant parent. you know what I mean <laughs> So like that was like so the messages we always got was kind of that this was just for fun. Yeah. But at some point we had to get serious. Mm. So almost like this is a waste of time. Yeah. You know? So then like when I got like so even when I moved, I stopped doing that stuff cuz I moved away from my best friend mm-hmm. and then like um when you moved to New York, you mean? When I moved to Virginia okay, when right. I was 12. And so then I just stopped doing creative stuff. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Yeah. Because I thought I wasn't, I thought it was a waste oh, of time. Sucks. Yeah. And like I, I think s- that's a very common story. It's like, like kind first of, gen kids. it's like upsetting. Because then, yeah, like you meet people here who like started comedy when they were like 15. Yes. And I'm like, how'd you even have, you know yeah. what I mean? And like someone, or they had some kind of encouragement or they're just new. I don't know. But like, I didn't have that. And then like, I just stopped doing it for so long like yeah. and tried to be normal yeah i mean for I like so many years yes i i can i so hard relate to the feeling of trying to be normal yeah i was lucky my so my mom uh my mom was never like this is a waste of time like focus on real shit yeah but it was always it was always like have a backup plan or like what what That's what smart. will you do if or like what yeah. will you like it was always kind of that I don't think she would ever admit to that but it was definitely always kind of that That's uh, that's still like cool though. Yeah, that's I mean, still like encouraging yeah. but smart. Yeah. Now I'm at a point where my parents tried so hard, you know, for so long and they're great. Like I mm-hmm. really love my parents. I think they're really good people, but like they tried so hard for so long to be like, okay, so you need to do something financially stable like right. and that's just practical. Yeah. And then I tried and then it just didn't work. What did you try? I tried so many things. I, I went to school for political science. Okay. And then, which in itself is kind of random. It's not like I ever wanted to do that. I feel like that's one of those things that people study when they're like, I don't really yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> when you're like, not sure. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. I was like, if I'm going to do something practical, maybe I might as well do something to try to help yeah. people or yeah. whatever. And so I was like learning about like, 
conflict in the Middle East and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it felt like important. And I thought I was going to like graduate and work in like a nonprofit in DC because I grew up outside DC. And right. I was like, that seems cool. You know, is that what a lot of people did? Um, some people do it, mm. you know, not like everyone, but I think I saw it as I thought, I think I thought that was creative somehow. Because it wasn't working it for the government. Be, I guess. Like, yeah. working for the government seemed like the ultimate, like, practical, like, the opposite of creative for me. Yeah. Okay, so, like, I was like, I don't want to do that. But I got this degree for whatever reason and finished school. And then I was like, okay, so maybe nonprofits would be, like, I'd be helping people. That's like a compromise. Right, Yeah. And like maybe it'd be like somehow cool and creative. I don't know. <laughs> the and coolest then, nonprofit ever. Yeah. And then like my best friend in college, her older sister mm -hmm. was really smart and very driven. And she was high up in this like refugee resettlement um, nonprofit like agency in DC. Mm -hmm. And so she got me an internship like senior year of college. And then that was like meaningful because I was like, working with her and it was like we were working on like refugee reform and yeah. like talking to senators about immigration reform it felt like very important but then still and this is this is sad like it felt cool because we were doing something important going into the office and having to sit in an office every day mm -hmm. was hard for me yeah like it was really hard for yeah. me and even though we were doing such important work i was like bored yeah and so like I think that's totally fair like that does i just it makes me feel bad because yeah. it's like important i mean i had the same exact <clears throat> experience i didn't do anything remotely as important as that but like i went to school for <clears throat> film because yeah. i was like oh, i'm not awesome. gonna, i'm not gonna go to school for acting that's uh, fucking crazy but that's uh, still cool you got to do you say yeah, film that's yeah, like still yeah, useful. yeah and i got like this full-time job uh straight out of school that was great that like from what everybody who like works in the field tells me, like that's a great office to work at. Like that's one of the best offices that's to work awesome. at. And I wanted to die what sitting was in that it? chair. Is this commercial production company okay. that I still like sometimes pay for because I oh, am cool. broke all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that's nice. But like uh, it, it was that I wish it had been maybe something that felt a little bit more important or like I was helping someone. Maybe yeah. that would have made it easier. But at the end of the day, I think for a lot of creative people especially for people who do comedy, like the idea of sitting in a chair nine to five is Was, impossible. It feels like tra entrapment yeah, or whatever because you're just like stuck somewhere. Yeah. But also the thing is now something that I struggle with, so then I moved away from doing all that nonprofit stuff or whatever. Yeah. But now something I'm struggling with, struggling with is like my life, like, you know, several years later is like mm -hmm. pretty different and I'm like focusing on comedy and yeah. stuff. But like sometimes I feel this feeling of like, wow, I really wish, like, I wasn't so focused on, like, myself mm. and, like, my career as, yeah. like, an artist. Like, I kind of wish I was helping people. Yeah. But then sometimes, and, like, I keep meaning to be, like, okay, I need to, like, figure out how to, like, how do to balance that. that. Yeah. But then I'll, I'll always just, like, get busy because it's, like, everything's so hard yeah. to, like, balance. I think the way I try to justify that for myself, because <laughs> I... I get into the same headspace a lot of like, wow, I'm choosing to do such a selfish thing. It just feels thing. so, like, sometimes I'm so sick of thinking about myself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wow. But I think the way I try to justify that in my mm -hmm. head is like, I'm putting in the work now so that in, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever, I yeah. might have a platform that I can yeah. donate a lot of money to that nonprofit. That's true. Or like, if I'm a big enough whatever, I can be in like a commercial for them or something. Yeah. And like, like, gain enough uh, clout or attention or whatever you want to call it to actually 
help those causes in a meaningful way. Yeah, like that's and like at the very least, at least be somewhere in my career, so I don't have to constantly focus on hustling yeah, yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Or like maybe I just right. have more time. Like maybe I'd be able to slightly relax. Yeah. And like contribute to the world. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't see being able to relax like anytime soon. It's but. like no. It's just like hard. Yeah. You know. But um. So let's go back to when. Talk to me about the turning point of going back into performance because like you have this hiatus yeah. from it and how yeah. do you how do you make the decision to like nah I'm I'm really gonna do this. Okay. So like. Basically, after that nonprofit internship, mm -hmm. I was looking for a job in DC, and the only job I got was I was hired as a paralegal at a law firm okay. because I knew someone who was a paralegal. Gotcha. And it's not like I ever wanted to do that either, but my older brother was a lawyer, mm -hmm. and he had done that, and so it sounded like something smart. Yeah. And I think in a way it like bought me time because mm -hmm. my parents were still kind of like you know, they were putting pressure on me slash they wanted me to have like a stable job. Mm -hmm. So then getting that just sounded good. Right. I was like, I'm a paralegal. So it's like, okay, yeah. everything's fine. That was the front you, you know? could put up yeah, while yeah, yeah. you like figured your shit out. <clears throat> so like I got that. And then as soon as I started working there, I was like, I absolutely hate this. You know, I was like working in an office. It sucked. Yeah. And so, but I was like in DC and I was living at home. So I was saving money. And then I was like, all right, I just need to like figure this out. So yeah. I like... Started. Dude, this is like so exactly parallel to what I worked at this place. Really? I was living at home. I was spending money on nothing. Yeah, like, literally saving nothing. so much. I money. like walked everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I like never went out. I like never dated anyone during that time yeah. period. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't have like that much fun. I would just like hang out yeah. with my friends from home. But the I the only thing like... I ever spent money on was UCB classes. Yeah, that's what. So I started taking improv classes. Yeah, it took me a while to get there. Like I think I went through. In like, D.C.? Yeah. Oh, cool. So I kind of went through a few phases. Like, at first, I was, like, not entirely sure what I was doing. So I was, like, I took, like, um, oh, something cool that happened that year, too, is I went traveling a oh, little nice. bit. So, like, my, my best friend, Alyssa, from high school was teaching English in Korea. Nice. And she had been, like, that's what she did right after college. Mm -hmm. And so her year was coming to an end. And she hit me up and she's like, do you want to come meet me and we could go travel for a little bit? Yeah. And <clears throat> are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So um, I went and met her and like we went to Thailand and Laos and Cambodia and it was nice. like really cool. It was like I took a month off my job. They oh my like God. let me take a month off. That's crazy. It was really nuts. And then it was like that was like really refreshing. Yeah. I think that was like the first time in so long I had felt like free. You know, yeah. I was like 23 and we traveled and we had so much fun. We just like got into all these adventures. We were like eating all this food and we were like meeting people from all over yeah. the world. It was just like something that like. Had, it, like you, had you ever gone on like a solo trip like that before? No. Yeah. No. That shit really opens your It was mind. like really cool. And I had that money from, you know, like saving all this money. Yeah. And then I was just like, it was something that like just, I think set me straight. And when I came back, I was like, I can't be doing this yeah. anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, I think I had kind of like tried to be a paralegal and like, just like pretend like everything was fine, but it was like not working. And then yeah. I went on the trip and I came back and I was like, I have to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So then I took a travel writing class online. <laughs> what? What like, is that? So like I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I needed to be like creative again. Uh -huh. So I took this writing class and then it was like kind of cool and I would write essays about my travels. That's cool. And it's like an online class <clears throat> and you like share them with like these other people in the class and you like, like give each other notes or whatever. I don't yeah. know. It was like whatever, but it was like something to do. And then yeah. like I started a blog. Like it was just like little nice. steps where I was like, okay, I need to be more creative. 
um, I think I started to like draw again. That was something that I really mm-hmm. liked to do. And then um, um, I t- started taking improv classes. Yeah. And then when I started doing the improv classes, it was like, it wasn't like I was like immediately good at it, but something clicked when I, and I was just like, oh, I like love this. This is like yeah. something I enjoy yeah. and something I like missed about myself. I mean, it's just like putting on radio plays at the yes. family party. Yeah. It's like that you just are playing. Yeah. And like my, my friend in college had done improv yeah. in college, but I was like too scared to join. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, Same and it's thing. like, and I was so bummed, and I think I was like scared to start doing improv mm. because I was scared that like since my friend already did it, and it was like you know it's like one of my good friends mm. that it's like if I started doing it, it's like I was doing their thing. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, I have and the I exact still feel, sometimes thing. I still think about. I'm like. Is it like that? Like, but it's not. And I think I still do that to myself now with yeah. certain things of like, well, I can't like try to put together this kind of show because yeah. like, this person's already doing that. And I'm exactly. like, why do we do that to ourselves? No, it's like weird. And it's like, obviously, now I'm like happy that I took that path because yeah. it brought me to like comedy or whatever. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, it's hard. You can't listen to that stuff. Yeah. When yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. So yeah. So at this point, how are your your parents are not into it? They're just kind of like, okay, she's like a paralegal by day and doing all this like random shit by night. Yeah. And I was like figuring it out, mm. and then I I was just I ended up being a paralegal for like two and a half years. Like mm. I stayed there for a long time, just like figuring all this stuff out. And then I was like, okay, so I need to get out of here. I need to do something creative. I didn't know how exactly to like jump to like some amazing cool creative job, yeah. but so. I figured out like marketing could be the next step because yeah, it's like kind of more creative. Often like a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So I um I like quit that job and I took an internship. I had gone. I had I was doing all this stuff to try to like figure my life out. Like I had gone to like yeah. networking events for like um Hell yeah. like creatives in DC <laughs> and it was like or for like I had started taking design classes too because mm. I was drawing again. And I was like oh maybe I should be a graphic designer. Nice. So I was taking the design class and then there was like. There's like the this design AIGA. It's like I forget what it stands for, but it's like it's some design like organization or something. Okay. And in DC, they would have like meetups, so I would like go and I'd be like, okay, how can I get like some cool job? And nice. I like met this cool girl who's like my age there, and she worked in strategy at a web design agency. And so we like kept in touch, and then she like told me later that there was like an internship, so I applied for it, and then I got it. Nice. So I just like quit the paralegal job, and then I was an intern at like a strategy intern at a web design place. Also in DC. It, this was in like Arlington, Virginia. Okay, same thing, old town, right? Alexandria. Actually, yeah, it was like yeah, same thing. So then I was like taking design classes, taking improv classes, and interning, and um, that's all. Like I can see the path, like the slow transition. Yes, yeah. And so like during this time, so I interned there for six months. I remember I would talk to like the creative. Um, director there Mm -hmm. this guy alex and he was really cool he was like very talented he was like young but he was like already the the direct creative director and he was like had this really amazing design team all the designers there were like the best they Mm -hmm. were like making amazing shit it was like really cool so i would like look up to them and i'd be like taking my design classes and then i would try to make shit and it'd be like really bad (laughs) and i would feel like bad and i'd be like who am i and then it got to the point where i was like six months i had been interning I was like, I didn't know why I was in Virginia, you know? Mm. Like, I never really planned on staying there. Yeah. And it just, I remember my friend Sarah from college, too, 
was just in this place where she was still in Virginia for whatever reason. And both of us were like, we want to move. We had always wanted to move to New York. Mm. And we just reached a point. We would like G-chat each other at our shitty jobs and like complain about shit. And it just reached a point where we were like, we should move to New York. So (laughs) we just, (laughs) isn't that cool? (laughs) I was like, so I was like 24, 25. And I was just like, okay, so I'm going to move to New York. So you just moved like without a gig or anything? So, okay. So what happened was... So I had been doing marketing, and then I was like, okay, so I guess this can become a job in Yeah, I mean, New York. there's a ton of marketing. Yeah. That. So then I knew this kid. Everything is about knowing people. That's literally how it That's is. how anyone gets a job in this fucking country. Okay, so then I knew this kid from high school. All right, this kid, Luke. And I hit him up on LinkedIn. Yes, dude. <laughs> and Whatever he, it takes. Yeah. Whatever it takes. And he worked at an ad agency. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know shit about it. I didn't know anything about ad advertising or whatever. But I was like, I'm gonna, I'm moving to New York. And I was just so determined yeah. that I was doing whatever it uh, took. I think that's fucking inspiring. I just, I've <laughs> had it like a couple, like I've had a couple of, I mean, virtually nobody listens to this show right now. <laughs> but I've had a couple people reach out, like like college kids, like reach That's out and awesome. be like, I don't really like know what I'm doing or yeah, like yeah. I want to do this creative thing or that, but like I don't know how to get there. So like if any of those humans are listening, like this is how uh, you get there. It's like sometimes cool. it's baby steps and you have yeah. to like do transitional things, but and so a lot of the time it means like you have your day hustle and your yeah. day hustle and you're exhausted all the time. But yeah. That's the way it goes sometimes, especially if you have immigrant parents. Yeah, a hundred percent. Honestly, it feels really good. It's kind of crazy. It's like now I'm 29, mm-hmm. you know. So this is like four years later in New York or whatever, and um, it's like oh, it's like shit eventually kind of like pans out. Yeah, and like works out. Yeah, if you stick with it and like be nice to people, basically. Yeah, and you just keep trying to mm. figure out like who you are yeah. and what you want to do. And you know what? Both of us have completely figured it out. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Now everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how, oh God, I had a question and that left me. How do you think, uh, if at all, like your your background factors into your work, whether it's your stand-up or your writing or anything like that? Um. I think it definitely is my identity. Like, my identity is that I'm Pakistani-American. Yeah. And, like, in a lot of ways, I struggle with it because, like, I think my whole life I've struggled with feeling, like, both disconnected from... Like, I've always felt like I'm not Pakistani enough or and I'm not American enough. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of, like, a blob in the middle. But, like, you know... I can't speak Urdu, which is like the language my family speaks. That's mm-hmm. what people speak in Pakistan. But your parents speak part, it. My parents speak it. Mm-hmm. And like I spoke it when I was really young, but I guess like, you know, they just stopped like speaking it to us because yeah. we were like growing up here and yeah, we, we were had speaking pretty English. Pretty much the same. Like Spanish is my first language. We still speak it sometimes. And yeah. I have an older sister. She yeah. speaks way better than I do. Yeah. Uh, and I always want to try to like get it back, but like right. it's this deep insecurity that I don't I f- have that connection. Now I just feel this thing of like, 
learning a new language is so daunting. Yeah. It's like hard. Yeah. And like my accent feels stupid. Like、mm-hmm. I feel like I sound d- bad. Yeah. And then you feel like a fraud, and it's like,、yeah. no, but I actually am this. You know. Right. Exactly. And then that's like, yeah, and it's like a huge part of your identity, and like it feels like I can't even really talk to my grandma. Like I need like someone there to like translate for me. I. That's I hard. Literally, I wrote. Well, I've written many things about it, but I I wrote this thing. Like I titled it like Abuela Anxiety. Yes. Because, and I still I've gotten better. It used to be that like my, I was insecure about my Spanish, so we'd have this these weird awkward conversations full of long pauses. Yeah. And now she's just like kind of too old to hear me, so I feel、oh. a little bit better. <laughs> but like that was always a complex of like my mom would be like call we call her、yeah. mama. She'd be like call my mama please. Like, yeah, say yeah, hi yeah. To her. And I I would just like I have the same、sometimes. thing. No, I have. And it's also hard because like a lot of my family is from Pakistan, like a lot of、yeah. extended family, like cousins,、yeah. and like second cousins. Yeah, and, like, same. My mom is、yeah. one of six, so、yeah. I have like a shitload of people in Peru、yeah. that it's hard to keep in touch or like feel、right. that connection. Like,、yeah. and I think so. That was a huge. So there's like this huge family in Pakistan, and it would be fun. We would go back to Pakistan and sometimes, and like you know, every every few years, and we'd visit. Yeah, and we'd see all these cousins, and it would be really fun. Right. And my brothers, I have two brothers, and I'm the only girl, and like they would have an easier time. Just like everything was chill. Like they would have fun with the cousins. They'd come back. I don't know if they really feel this pressure the way I do, but I always felt this pressure of like I would go there and I would feel like. Bad that I was、mm. like so American. Yes, I'd want to be like I'm sorry, but then and I'd come back to America and I'd be like, you know, just trying to fucking fit in and、yeah. like whatever and like get by here. Yeah, and then it's like, it just felt like either way I was like shooting myself in the foot. Yeah, I you know know that feeling.、So、I never、well. like there's some people that really have that confidence where they find like the balance. Yeah, like there I've met a lot of like there's a lot of, like Pakistani kids like that and they're like. Confident in themselves, <laughs> and they just have like some kind of great balance and strong self esteem. Yeah, but I think even those people have to have their moments. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. I mean,、yeah. for Spanish speakers, we call it "ni de aquí ni de allá." It's like、uh-huh. not from here, not from there. Oh wow!、Uh, and、yeah. that's like always the complex. That's how I feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like hard, and I think it's like taken a toll on me. Like I think、mm-hmm. it's affected like my relationships with my cousins and、yeah. stuff like that. Because I did. I think sometimes I wouldn't like try as hard because I would feel like guilty about、yeah. like who I was or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had the exact same thing.、Uh, and like I have the added factor of like to- being totally white passing because、yeah. like the other the other half of my family is like Irish as fuck. Yeah. They're, but they're also immigrants, so like I don't really have、right. like American roots. Totally. But, like, That's I, super interesting. Yeah, I have like a really weird family. That's、situation. pretty cool, dude. It's cool, but it's also like. Uh, I just wish I got. So my mom's one of six, and she's、yeah. the only light skinned one. And like,、oh. and so both my sister and I are super, super pale. So you guys are white, and then all of your cousins are like brown. Yes. Okay, so that is weird. Yeah, it's super, super do, weird. So like, does that affect stuff? Like, does it? Do you feel it or no? Does no one really talk about it? Uh, I mean, they like make when we go、yeah. down there. We go down there pretty often, and also like all the cousins. Except for like the baby ones are like ad- we're all like adults yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were younger, it used to be kind of like a joke. We'd like yeah, they'd yeah, make yeah. fun of us. But it's, it's like definitely a complex. I heavy relate to the feeling of like of going down there and being like, oh, I'm 
American, like fuck, yeah, fuck like me, feeling dude. like an outcast. Yeah, it was hard because I would feel like an outcast there and then an outcast here. Yes, so it's yeah. like just feeling like an outcast is like who I am everywhere. Now. That's yeah. why I wanted to start the show yeah, because that's it's like awesome. it's this like weird in between place that I've never heard anybody talk about. Really. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's just hard. like frustrating and weird. It is like, and I get jealous of like, this is a big thing. I keep talking about my jealousy. Oh, That's please. a big thing I'm for me these the days. Yeah, I'm like really trying to work on it. It's mm. like something that's been coming up a lot for me. Oh but like, me and uh, shout outs to Sharon, who is my therapist, who, oh. probably, who might listen to this. Like, <laughs> comparing myself to other people is like, oof. That's my biggest thing. I'm also trying to find a good therapist that I connect with. So, mm. um, shout out to my soon to be therapist. But, yes, yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, like, the, I just feel like, so, like, I don't know, just like we're talking about, you know, comedy and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like those kids that we see that just like they started so early mm-hmm. and it's like they just knew who they were. And then like, yeah. I'm just like. They, it's nothing against them, but it's just like that yeah. was so not my path. I know. I'm just like, wow. I'm like jealous of that. I think I'm just like still working through all these issues mm-hmm. and I don't even totally know how to like resolve them all because yeah. I feel like guilt about stuff. Like what? Like, like not integrating more with my family Mm -hmm. or like with my cousins or whatever yeah 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 that is really heavy but i mean and now everyone's like older and married and stuff but it's like i mean it's such a cliche but it's never too late yeah that's even just like send a message i've been trying to do that recently of just like send a facebook or like a whatsapp message and just be like hey miss you whatever yeah. and it doesn't have to turn into the i feel like i put this pressure on myself that every interaction i have like, with my family it has to be like the third act of like a yeah. movie where i'm like reconnecting with them yeah. but it can just be like hey what's up yeah just like that's true i'm trying to get better i'm not good at i'm that. talking like i do that well i know do do you're well. inspiring me i'm gonna do that right after this that? i'm inspiring everyone i'm inspiring <laughs> <laughs> so how many how how many siblings do your parents have so each of them have three other siblings. Okay. And they're all still over in Pakistan? Most of them are. I have some cousins here. Nice. So some other like cousins that are like also dealing with like the American Pakistani like complex. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like my my dad's older sisters in Minnesota mm-hmm. and I have cousins there. My um, mom's two brothers are in California. Yeah. So I have cousins there. Yeah. So like there's some in the States. And That's nice. Yeah. And there's like, we have some family in like Jersey mm. and stuff and scattered about. Yeah. Yeah. And in New York a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. A couple. Do you guys hang out? Sometimes. See, yeah, I'm bad about hitting everyone The <laughs> other, okay. Here's the other thing about talking about like balancing life is like, you know, like in New York, like how we're talking about, we're just like obsessed with our own hustle, yeah. right? And it's like pretty all-consuming. I just like never hit up my family that's here. Yeah. I, it's like hard enough, and yeah. I feel, but I like want to, but I just like don't have a good balance. I think I feel some something of like I can't relax that's related to like, I think if I like felt better about myself somehow, mm. I would be able to like balance stuff more. Just, like, like, on a pure, like, self-esteem level? Yeah, because, like, I'm, I love to get so raw on the pod, but, like... Mm-hmm. Please. That's what it's for. <laughs> yeah. This is therapy. Um, but, like... Shout out to Sharon. Yeah, shout out to Sharon. Um, I had this thought of, like, maybe, like, the reason why I'm, like, hustling so hard to, like, try to achieve so, like, quickly... 
Like, I, I really feel this fire in my ass of, like, I need to be achieving things, like, quickly. Maybe because I'm, like, 29. Mm. And maybe because I came to comedy, like, later. Yeah. And so I'm, like, okay, well, I need to catch up. And I, and I want to be, like, successful. Yeah. And I don't want to be, like... You know, I want to be in my 30s and, like, thriving. Yeah, but and, that's like, such a fucked up thing we do to ourselves. It is fucked up, but it's, like, also, like, real. Like, yeah, everyone feels I it. I have the same you thing. You know what I mean? I have friends in their 30s, and they feel it, too. It's, like, yeah. real pressure. And, like, um, so I feel this, like, thing. But I'm also reading this book by Brene Brown mm-hmm. um, about, um, ex- I forget what the name is right now, but something about, like, accepting our... Um, I'm pretty sure I've heard imperfections, of yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. And um, I got to read it. It's really good. And the whole thing is about worthiness and mm. how she talks about how we like hustle for worthiness. Mm. And it's like because we don't really feel worthy, but mm. we all, every human being, has this innate desire for like love and belonging. Right. But like we settle a lot for fitting in, mm. which is actually not belonging. It's just like the appearance of belonging. Mm. Be, um, it's like and I think that's like extra amplified for people like us who yeah. never belong I think like that's anywhere. something I think it's something that I've like maybe just struggled with my whole life is like just trying to fit in yeah. but it's like when you're just fitting in you're not being like or like the, the way she uses the term is like you're not being like totally vulnerable about like who you are or whatever right. it's not honest it's not honest you're yeah. just kind of trying to like you're almost like kind of shutting down parts of yourself so you can just like blend in right is how I see it, and it's like I'm like that, starting oh, dude, to. I need to read this book. You should really read it. It's I mean, like I, very I mean, I've talked about this enough on this show, but all throughout, like middle school, high school, and most of college, I like either would never talk about being Latino, or like would yes! just kind of like, or would treat it as a joke. I, I would I would do a joke off of how white passing I am. I'd be like, yeah, right. I'm probably lying or something like that. Dude, like, I would do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I like hardcore shut. Like I did exactly that. I shut down a part of myself so that I could feel like I belonged to a that's, certain. And group. that's like hard, dude. Yeah, no it's one's like. Up. You know what? It's like there's plenty of hard things in the world, but this is also hard. Like yeah. that's hard that, like like for young us who like didn't know any better. Yeah. Like that's like tough and sad. Yeah. That, like, sucks. I think about it all the time. Me too. I used to make jokes, like, that were, like, so not accepting yeah, of, like, who I am. Yeah, like, mean to yourself, yeah, right? Because yeah, because I, like, thought, I was, like, that's what I need to do. This will make everything better. And yeah. it's, like, no, that's, like, harmful to my own psyche. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, anyways, uh, so I'm reading this book, and the hustle for worthiness is just making me realize like, oh, maybe I just don't feel like worthy on Mm. my own or feel that I'm enough. And that's why I think I'm going to like, I just feel so driven to like try to succeed in all these ways. And I get so jealous of other people's success rather than just being like happy for others, which I am, but like sometimes I just struggle with jealousy because I want things that they have. And like, instead it's like, so I'm comparing myself to others instead of just like, focusing on myself and mm. just being like okay you know what i'm on the right path just being happy Ooh. with where i'm at i can't tell you how much i needed and this like today. yeah like and just being like okay so i'm like happy with where i'm at i'm yeah. proud of myself for what i've accomplished i believe in myself for what i can continue to do and i just need to accept like that things will happen when the time is right yeah and 
I trust myself and just keep going. But like sometimes for whatever reason, I just, that's not enough for me. So I feel like I'm constantly like, well, I need to achieve this and this and this and this this mm-hmm. year so I can feel good about myself and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I'll be like, why does that? Pr- the whiteboard in my room is like littered with Same. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm constantly making lists of yeah. goals and shit. And it's like, but something about that is like, I'm starting to wonder if it's like, because I don't feel like, I'm enough and that's driving me to try to achieve so much. Yeah. And I've heard enough from people who are like a couple generations ahead of us that like once you get that shiny thing, like it's not going to change it. It's not going to change it. Everything's still going to be shitty. Yeah. And I know that intellectually right, but same. I'm still like I gotta get that fucking I know thing. same it's gonna fill the hole I know? know I'm like but hey at least if I was successful yeah, I it, could be successful it, it, and I'd you know what if I paid off those student loans I yeah. think it would feel a little better yeah if I could just like fucking <laughs> be like <laughs> thriving financially this got weirdly heavy I like it it's like really it. heavy shit and I'm yeah. really trying to work through it yeah. it's like I, it does not feel good. And I also kind of feel like I feel myself like putting my personal life on hold mm. so I can like focus on like comedy. Yeah. And that's like a bummer. Yeah, like, for sure. Well, you're talking about like dating and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I like hate dating. Like yeah, I've always had a hard time with it. And so, but like lately I've just like shut myself off and I feel myself having all these walls up and I like don't mm. want to be dating. But then I'm like, I do want to be like connecting yeah. with someone. That balance is so weird. And then sometimes you, you know, you end up dating somebody who's also in the field uh, yeah. and then that has its own, I've done that. And then that yeah. has like its own challenges and stuff. Absolutely. And then my mom is always like, you need to meet someone outside at comedy and like Mm -hmm. i i and everyone says that always to everyone and like i feel that that's right like i know somewhere in my gut that that's like right what i should be doing but the actual act of going about doing that yeah and my mom's like you need to do this and this and then i think sometimes i like reject the ideas that my mom gives me because i feel like my life is like already so different and Mm. she like can't understand yeah and like that's also something where it's like i'm closing myself off to like her help or whatever right Cause she's always but like, like, it's true that it's the same thing. Like my mom, my mom, I love her to death and yeah. she like wants to help. But right. I, I, sometimes I just want to be like, mom, I love you, but you don't know shit about what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like you came here when you were 20. Like, I know. And, <laughs> and they like, were like married young, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. mom, my mom was married when she was like 25. Like yeah. that's not that young, but still it's like, she, she went from like living with like her family to like being married. Yeah. Like she, she like. You know, I love my mom to death too, but yeah. like, you know, she did. She doesn't know what it's like to yeah. be fucking yeah. like on your own. Well, like, and then the flip side of that, like the eternal source of guilt, is like, well, they had to go through some shit. That, they like, they had I to go through shit that we don't. Yeah, and that's also like yeah. that is so true. We yeah. should always remember that. Yes, but but like it's also fair. It's like you said, like there's hard stuff in the world, but this is allowed to also be hard. I like, think so. Yeah, like, like our in, challenges definitely are Valid. first world problems and right. like yeah like let's keep it in perspective and, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're but well they're fed still and, they're still yeah, hard they're still hard yeah they're still hard they're still hard there's still challenges that um you know other people that maybe just come from like they're like american they're white american or black american or whatever yeah. i don't know yeah i can't even it's just different yeah. or like it, like an immigrant experience is always different yeah, it's from a uni- it's definitely a unique any other thing. experience yeah yeah it's unique, yeah. 
it's so much to unpack here. This yeah, is it's... also like really deep and real shit. And it's yeah. hard to figure out. That's There's um... really no quick fix. Like yeah. I've been trying to find quick fixes. My, my only fi like fix for it has been to like uh, talk to as many people as I can about it. Yeah, and I think that's actually amazing. Because yeah. you know something in the book that she says? Yeah, what's she say? She's the, the, so shame is like the biggest block to like mm. love and belonging and worthiness and uh -huh. stuff. And the the number one thing to like get rid of shame is to speak about it huh. so and then that takes away shame's power but shame can be like destructive because yeah. it makes you feel like you are bad right yeah because she talks about the difference between guilt and shame hmm. like guilt is i did something bad and shame is i am bad and shame is right. much more corrosive to like your yeah. mental health and guilt Shit. can guilt is actually helpful because it can be like okay, I did something bad and I want to be a good person, so I feel bad now. And then guilt can, like, inspire you to, like, apologize and change right, and whatever. Yeah. Like, and, like, what I'm talking about with, like, my cousins and stuff, I think I feel, like, shame. And that's mm. what's bad about that. Yeah. Which, that's probably why I don't reach out and stuff. Yeah. Honestly. I think I definitely have the same thing. Yeah. Wow, I really have to read this book. Yeah. I'm definitely going to, like, plug this book in the intro. Yeah, dude, you got to plug the book. <laughs> it's really But you good. don't remember the name? Uh, the, I think it's The Gifts of Imperfection gifts by of Imperfection. Brene Brown. Okay, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Great. All right, I think we're going <laughs> to wind down. Do you want to – so this is going to come out, like, soon in, like, a couple of days. Do you want to okay. plug shows or anything? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you so much. Um, so I have a show that I run called Outcast. Um, and the next one is January 29th, I think. It's that Monday. It's the 28th or 29th. What's that Monday? The what? last Monday of the month? Yeah, I think it's, uh, let me see. Wow, we were not prepared for that. I know, plugs. I messed up. 28th. 28th. It's January 28th, that last Monday of this month. Okay. At 8 p.m. at Union Hall. Beautiful. It's called Outcast. Hey. That's something that I think I re realize is like a lot of my art and comedy that I'm making. It comes from that place. It's starting to just come. That's mo where my identity comes into yeah. comedy is like, I'm like, oh, everything is about being a freak. Like, yeah. that's how I'm dealing with all this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's anyways, beautiful. it's a show with like where we feature all different kinds of comedy. All kinds of freaks. All kinds of freaks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, come check that out. Amazing. Yeah, please go see that. And please like follow free on everything, all that Thank shit. Thank you. <laughs> I'll put it in like the descriptions, whatever, when I put it up. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for doing Thank this. Thank you this so much so for nice. having me. This was, this was really nice and really great. You are like welcome back. Anytime. I would love to. I'm gonna maybe after we finish reading that book, we can read. Oh, I would be so. We can into touch that. base again. I'm like I know myself, and I know that for the next at least week, I'm gonna be going over that like guilt shame dichotomy. It's a lot. It, it's helpful now to remember. Yeah, because yeah. you you don't want to make you don't want to identify with shame because yeah. shame will take you down. Because I already have like five things in my head that I'm like, yeah. oh, I think I'm going towards the shame category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you for having me. This Thank is you really awesome. This is the best. Bye. Bye. And that's it for the first Lab Mesa Club 2019. Thank you so much to Faria for coming in. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who's subscribed to the show, to everybody who had to deal with that excruciating uh, mass email that I sent. Uh, if you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or SoundCloud, uh, and tell people about it. Uh, and if you have any 
uh, suggestions of guests for the show or if you want to just talk to me, uh, you can reach out to me through the Facebook page or through the Instagram, which is at La Mescla Pod. Uh, and uh, give me money if you if you if you want to do that because I'm, I'm I'm always in search of a uh, money. Okay, bye. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.